March is here, and it would be madness to miss the awesome, cozy winter weekend special at the Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach. Enjoy a two-night stay, room service dessert, and more. Experience the serenity of the winter ocean from the warmth of your oceanfront suite. You don't have to go far away to get away from it all. Visit BoardwalkPlaza.com and book your winter getaway today. And let's not forget amazing dining at Victoria's Restaurant. Open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week, all year long. Reservations are not necessary, but always welcome. Call 800-33-BEACH or reserve at opentable.com. Thanks to the Boardwalk Plaza for being the Bridge Podcast Network sponsor. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast, you may be asking the question, why do Christians go to church? You've got the right podcast. I'm Mark Dickey. And I'm Burt Miller. This is the Why Do Christians podcast. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Dickey. I host the afternoon show on the Bridge Radio Station. My co-host is Pastor Burt Miller from Solid Ground Church. Burt, how are you doing today? Mark! Presbapticostal evangelical this dicky i'm doing great <laughs> wow well, we we're talking about church today so i just thought you know let's let's make sure that your middle name incorporates was, as many well, as possible it, it, yeah i mean because that's your middle name so so that it would be known that your middle name flows so well with the content of today's episode that's right that's right because my family was originally Mary Poppins, they they <laughs> super califragilistic. They they were inspired by that, you know the the old the old saying the the London Dickies. No, I was gonna say that like every time someone one of my grandmothers or grandfathers got married, they just merged. They it. they married they married into a different religion, and yeah. so like oh well, we're not just Presbyterian anymore. Yeah. We're also Methodist. They had to respect we're... their heritage. They had to have that in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, your, your family lineage has always been fascinating to me, so I'm glad that we could have the occasion to bring up your true middle name. Yeah, not to mention my brother John Jacob. I can't, I can't do that name again. But, okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Go. So I, I was thinking about how church is kind of like the the cornerstone of a non Christian point of view mm-hmm. of Christians. You know, Christians are people who go to church on Sunday. Okay. End of story. And uh, I think that, well, I think there's a lot of reasons why we might think that. Sure. Um, That, you know, society, movies have told us that, like, you know, at Home Alone, you know, when he needs somewhere to go, where does he go? Church. Yeah. 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 And I always thought that was a really sweet and special scene. Oh, dude, really quick, fun Home Alone movie factoid. Yeah. The songs in the church scene, mm-hmm. um, they were written by Danny Elfman. I think it was Danny Elfman, the, the composer, or was it John Williams? One of them, the composer of the movie made those songs. So like the like the Starlight, the, thing that the kids sang, those aren't church hymns. Huh. Like they're actual like songs that were made for the movie. How cool is that? That is cool. Yeah. They could have just phoned one in. Totally could have. Public domain. And they yeah. said, no, we want the excellence. We're going to bring it up a notch. And make up some songs. And full circle, Michael W. Smith covered Somewhere in My Memory, which is the Home Alone song. 
and put lyrics to it. I'm not making this up. I listen to it every Christmas now because I love I love his version of it. I feel like I need to change the episode title and why do Christians love Home Alone? Oh man, we we would be here all. That would be a multi part arc of episodes. I'm sorry. What were we talking about? Do you ever feel like you're living in a house and the enemy is trying to get Whoa, into it? That'll preach. There it is. And you have to set snares uh-huh. and traps, sure, to keep the enemy to, at bay. To, yeah, yeah. Sit down until those, your those father comes home oh! and saves you. Oh! There it is. Home Alone is officially a Christian film. Man, I would argue if you're in the body, you're never home alone. Mm. You see, what, you see what I'm saying there. You get it? Before you worry <laughs> about the nail in someone else's foot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pay attention to the Christmas ornament in your own. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, we're recording this on January 1st. So we've got wait, a wait, 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 one more, one more, one more. Okay. Okay. I don't want you to be lukewarm like a normal door handle. <laughs> I want to put a heater on that thing to ignite your heart. Okay, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Okay. We are recording this on January 1st. Second. Today's the second, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. New Year's Day was yesterday. Sure. Yeah. Okay. We're recording this right after Christmas, and we've got a little bit of Christmas pent up in us that needs to just be let out. Sure. Any other Christmas stuff you want to say, Bert? No, I'm okay. I'm okay. okay. All right. Let's talk about church. Okay. And why Christians go to church. Okay. All right. All right. Focus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. People like to go to church. <laughs> Some do, some, others not. Yeah. Yeah. I think the common thought is God won't love me unless I go to church. Whoa. I mean, would you agree with that? What no. Do you think? <laughs> well, no, no, no. Not that you agree, but that's what people think. Like, um, I'm not a good person because I don't go to church or I, good I, people I, go to church. I don't know. I, I think I think certainly in, in times gone by, that may have been the case because church was a, you know, a social norm. Um, mm. you know, at least in, in our country where, you know, this just, it's what you do. Um, I don't know if that's the case now. I think, I think we've seen the rise of a very individualistic, uh, spirituality. So sort of corporate gathering isn't necessarily viewed as essential or, uh, associated with morality in a lot of places. Now there, there, there mm. are, you know, there are places where that's not the case. You go to the Bible belt, you go to the South, you're going to find, you know, listen, people won't trust you unless you're part of a church. And there are guys and and ladies who will go there to make business deals, like because this is the church that I'm a part of. Um, but you know, for us who live on the East Coast, more north, uh, church is not really part of what the majority of the population uh, do. So I don't, I don't know that everybody necessarily considers it um, a moral thing. Although certainly, I think it's for any any. Uh, aspect of christian spirituality it's a it's an essential thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah and actually now that i think about it <laughs> the amount of awkward interactions i've had with people when i say i do go to church yeah oh yeah it's kind of like uh quick change the subject oh dude try being a pastor <laughs> I, I was i was at the gym one time one time if you if you one yeah, time one time january 1st yeah, yeah. and um i, I was talking with um, with this girl there, and, and she said, "Hey, so what do you what, what do you do for a living?" And I said, I'm a, "I'm a pastor," and she went, "But you seem so normal." Whoa! Yeah, yeah. So I I guess I fooled her. I don't know. Um, but yeah, th- there there can be a distrust there. But again, I, I think it comes down to, 
Um, every Christian should be part of a church. I think there's clear mm-hmm. biblical guidelines, precedent, and commands for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think going to a church is what makes you a Christian. Okay. Um, yeah. So why why is church a weekly thing? Yeah. Well, um, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit in our episode with the uh, why do Christians uh, meet on Sundays. Right. 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 Um, and the, the answer is, um, so it started out, you know, with Jewish heritage, they, they would meet uh, weekly on the Sabbath, which was a Saturday. And then when, with the resurrection of Jesus, Christians changed it to Sunday because uh, they believed that Jesus had fulfilled the Sabbath. Um, and so this just from the beginning was their, their pattern. What they would do is they would meet on what's called the first day of the week um, and they would gather uh, for worship and fellowship and prayer. But it, but it wasn't just a one day a week thing. It's just that that first day of the week was the, the epicenter of their lives. Mm. Um, now, you can find all the way back in Acts 2 with the very first church ever, uh, a description of, of what their life as, you know, like, and church being, and maybe we should clarify that too, like what that word means, because it, it doesn't mean building, mm. right? So like we said, like, go to church, and that's a sort of modern notion of, um, we get this, the word church comes, the English word church comes from the, the German word kirka, um, which has to do with um, like a, a, a holy place, a temple, a, a building dedicated to religious practices. But but when you go to the original uh, Greek text of the New Testament, the word there isn't uh, that, it's the Greek word ekklesia, which means a gathering of people, mm. okay? Um, and so that first gathering you find in Acts 2, like, okay, what the church of Jesus looks like, um, this is Acts 2.42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, so there's the, the gathering part, right, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And so um, it says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And so we see from the jump with their heritage, okay, there's there's the Sabbath, there's the, the day where we do worship and there's there's teaching, but no, this is an ongoing fellowship thing. Mm. So why don't we meet every day? Why why did it almost sounds like like as Christians we've backslid into this weekly thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean I don't know if, if backslid is the right uh phrase. I think some of it has to do with um changing expectations some of it has to do with with different cultures and, and things like that and so um as you go th- forward through acts what you find is that like when paul in particular is going to different um provinces to try and evangelize to start new churches where he starts is he goes to synagogue gatherings and starts to bring the gospel to uh jewish people there he wants to start it with them and then there are times where they don't receive it, and so he'll go to the Gentiles. But but you see this sort of weekly routine happening, and so he just kind of incorporates it into how they're they're already doing life. Hmm. Um, now, with the absence of the temples, like so for them, they're meeting daily in the temple courts. Well, the temple isn't everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And so they would meet in each other's homes. I, I think you do still see this, you know, particularly in churches that have small groups. What they'll do is they'll normally get together. Uh, there will be a Sunday gathering. And then at some point during the week, they'll have maybe, maybe smaller groups of people meeting in someone's house mm. uh, for fellowship, prayer, study, that type of thing. Um, that's a, a newer sort of resurgence. Um, some of that has to do with get, 
getting away from the, the formality of it and viewing church as an institution and now sort of seeing it as a more organic thing. Um, but I think a lot of that is cultural. So the long answer to the question, why not every day? I think much of that is cultural. Okay. I'm kind of picturing, you know, like I, I'm not an expert on the you know, Bible culture, like the way things were. Mm-hmm back in biblical times, but people did live a lot closer together sure. often. And I'm, I guess I'm kind of picturing it like a, did you ever go to like a stay an overnight summer camp? Yes. Where, you know, people had cabins, people had, you know, there was a, a, a place where you'd meet like a rec hall. There was a, a dining hall, you know, and when you were living with a bunch of people in close community and you did things together, like in biblical times, it would be markets and, uh, you know, different things like that. It would be easier to meet together or even um, maybe even like a, like a middle school mm. or not a middle school, any school really where kids are all gathering together to do one thing at the same time. And so it's much easier to, Oh yeah, we'll all sit together at lunch. We'll all, Mm. Worship God together for a moment before you start the day. Yeah. We, I mean, I think a lot of that comes out of love, right? Mm. Like ongoing relationship. Like the, the, uh, this is crazy to think about. Um, there was an, a major theologian, an early church theologian whose name was Tertullian, right? And um, he talks about how um, the church was known for their love for each other, um, how there were pagans who would look at Christians and say, look how they love one another um, and how they're ready to die for each other. Um, and this is just kind of, you know, you can think about where Jesus says, like, the world will know you're my disciples by how you love each other. Mm. And that's also kind of important to realize, again, like, we, we live in a time where spirituality has been relegated to the individual. And so, you know, my faith is a very private thing, culturally speaking, yeah. right? Like, um, that's a newer notion. I think a lot of it comes from a fear of offending people. Um, that is not historic Christianity. Historic Christianity has always been done in a community. It, it's why, like when you're reading the epistles of Paul, Peter, James, what have you, they're written to groups of people, usually, with the exception of like maybe Philemon, First, Second Timothy, and Titus, because um, those are written to individuals. But usually, like they're written to churches, groups of people, because the assumption is you're gathering with other believers. It's just how this is done. Mm. Um, and so, I just like to say that because sometimes people, you know, they they gauge spirituality and Christian maturity by knowing more things. They think, okay, like what makes me mature is, you know, I know more Bible trivia or, uh, you know, I, I, I attend more things, but biblical Christian spirituality, maturity is defined by how well you love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. Wow. Um, and, and I think that gets lost sometimes because what, what happens is many of us, we, we, you know, like cards on the table, you and I are, are both Protestant, right? Like in terms of schools of thought within Christian theology and the Protestants came from the Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther nailing the 95 theses to the door in the Wittenberg uh, chapel, right? And and it's, we see that as a very, very bold declarative moment. Like, here's this guy who's setting people right. Okay, only Luther loved the church that he was a part of. The Reformation happened because they he was kicked out of it. Like, he didn't want to leave. And and many people, what they do is they think, okay, like, I'm going to be prophetic, and so I'm going to sort of stick to my notions over, let's just acknowledge much smaller things, um, and they don't stick with each other. They don't they do not do community because they, they're always sort of looking for an offense or looking for an area that maybe uh, so-and-so doesn't have it right. Maybe the church isn't 
up to up to snuff with something and and so they divide quickly and i would just say that's unbiblical i think that's that's completely foreign to the new testament spirituality which is no you, you find a group of people who are in christ you 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 commit to doing life with each other these are my people we're together you know through thick and thin no matter what this is my tribe like that's new testament church and that's new testament Christi- christianity it's not um i'm with you as long as i agree with everything that you do hmm. it's i'm with you and let's build each other up because in doing that we both become more like jesus so what's really funny is i don't i really don't focus on the label mm-hmm. of of a christian movement mm-hmm. like my whole my whole faith life i've just focused on okay what does scripture say yeah and so you're like we're both protestant yeah you gave me a look when i said that oh yeah. oh am i yeah i didn't know <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you know through our discussions what i believe right. but i i would have never known yeah what i am actually <laughs> well, and, and, yeah well, that's, that's just really okay. funny yeah 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 like oh tell me more <laughs> what do i believe <laughs> sorry didn't mean, didn't mean to presuppose there that's yeah. really funny yeah <laughs> hey mark do you like commercials i do don't we all wouldn't it be great if we had a sponsor for this podcast mark nothing would make me happier well, you could sponsor this podcast by contacting us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. You could be a hot dog stand. A, a cheese grater company. You could sell furniture. Or Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Contact us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. I, I think that's it. I think we got it. So meeting together, that yeah. is... Well, I mean, we meet together online. Yeah. And, you know, after COVID, we've got this, I mean, we've had online church for a long time, but like, is is church online a substitute? Man, that's a really, really tricky question. Okay. And the reason I say that, like, you know, there are some folks, they're sick, they're bedridden, right? Mm -hmm. I want to never say to them. No, don't do church online. If you can't get out of bed and go to a church, um, you're not part of something. Mm-hmm. I think that's cruel. Um, at the same time, I, I don't think it's what the design is. Like it, that question, like you know, is church online a substitute? It's like asking, okay, is is an IV a substitute for a meal? Mm. Well, I mean, it, it can be, but you're not designed to live off of that for the rest of your life. Like that, that would, if you're there, that's not a good place to be. Mm. You know, and I so I think. Um, I think it's better than nothing, but church as, as you know, again, this gathering thing happening, if, if you're just essentially, uh, you know, you're uh, a bit of coding, like a bit of coding in the, like an internet s- statistic, that's not really community. And, you know, like if you're like just part of a view count or if, um, if you know, you're like you're a face in a crowd and nobody knows you, that's not community. Um, and so I would say that that's not really what this is. Now, listen, I, I, I benefit, you benefit from, I mean, maybe somebody's listening to this podcast right now, like they don't know us possibly. Right. Um, we can benefit from information being given to us and being given to us freely. And that's a, I think a great thing about the age in which we live that like, there's such a, a prevalence of information that can be broadcast quickly in like just wide scope. And, 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 and that's great for us. At the same time, that should never replace relationships with actual human beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you should 
be able to see not quite the behind the scenes, but you should be able to even your pastor, like to be able to see them somewhat candidly off the stage and, and know who that person, at least, at least be able to interact with you in the room and, know who you are as a person. Yeah. Be- I'm, go ahead, like sorry. I just think about like the, the influencer culture of, of YouTube and right. Instagram and TikTok and just like anybody can be anybody in front right. of a camera or on a stage. But like, <clears throat> like those, those situations you can hold it together. But when you're in a church and, and I'm talking about leaders in particular, but also human beings, like mm-hmm. we need to be able to see each other, in the kind of the the less than perfect circumstances too, because that's where I always put that scripture, the iron sharpens iron. Like we need to be together rubbing up against each other and, and rounding off those rough edges. And that's what the church is good for. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing I want to be careful of. So sometimes what happens is people, they, they confuse religious preference with conviction. And so, uh, maybe maybe they don't like larger churches, right? And so mm-hmm. what they'll say is, okay, listen, like like the pastor should know everybody in the church, and if they can't do that, the church is too big. And I want I would want to say number one, take a pause. I say this as a pastor of a church that's not larger, so I'm not trying to defend myself or anything like that. Just let's recognize that the word pastor, as we use it, is not the way that the New Testament uses it. Like the word pastor shows up once in the New Testament. It's in the mm-hmm. Book of Ephesians, and it's talking about people who shepherd other people. Now, we use the term pastor to broad scope, usually talk about people who are leading a congregation, like the, the leadership of it. Um, and, and the reason I bring that up is, okay, like, you know, if you go to a church, should someone know you? Yes. Mm. Does that mean that it has to be the senior pastor or the all leaders? No. Like, like do I think that the, the believers in Ephesus knew Peter? No, I don't. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean that they weren't cared for. Mm. And and so, you know, sometimes, it, particularly, particularly if we have like a, an issue of worth and we feel like I need to be seen and like I need my voice heard at the table or something like that, that might create unrealistic expectations because, okay, what if, you know, what if that's not what God has for you? What if um, you haven't earned that? You know, like it's one thing, like you sort of go to a place and demand attention. Mm. Um, that's that's really more about you than the people that you're, you, you should be serving. Um and so let's be really careful to say, okay, yeah, you should be known, but that doesn't mean that everyone is going to know you and, and every pastor or church leader is going to, because the truth is pastors and leaders, we're human beings and we only have so much relational capacity. Like my, my church is on, you know, the smaller side, uh, speaking, it's not a mega church. Do I, but still, okay, I care very deeply about it. I lose sleep over mm-hmm. uh, what happens with it and the members of it for sure. Um, at the same time, do I know everybody's name? No. I don't. Mm. You know why? Because I can't know everybody's day. Like I just I don't have that much space in my brain to know that many names to that many faces. Mm. Um, and so, you know, again, I think it's where small groups can come into play and being active with other other people. But um, I would be for a person being known. I, I would just want to make sure that we have the right expectations with that. Yeah. I want to go back uh, to a phrase that you said. And because I know who Bert is... I know exactly where your heart is, but I want to ask you to use the, uh, you said the phrase, uh, they haven't earned that. Yeah. And can you say that again using different words? Because I think someone who doesn't know you could possibly take offense from not having earned 
the attention at yeah church. well it's it's, it, it's attention isn't the right thing it's more influence okay mm-hmm. uh, i am of the belief that if you are not willing to lay down yourself for a group of people you should not have a say in what happens to them mm-hmm. okay so for instance you know years ago we had a guy come to our church <laughs> and um and we're talking a little bit and he's brand new, like brand new at the church and he just says you know listen i've got a background in finance I would be happy to be your treasurer and oversee the money of the church. Now, I don't know him, Mark. Hmm. Like, w- would it be a wise thing for me to just be like, oh, yeah, here's here, here's the bank accounts and here's the – no. <laughs> That'd be a really dumb decision. Hmm. Just because, like, he says that relationship and time have not proven him to be faithful, not proven him to care about the church, not proven him to – I mean, I, I, I don't know him. Um, in the same, and, and I think most of us would understand why that would be a bad idea. Oh yeah, just here's the church funds, do whatever you want with them. Um, yet some of us we demand that in a leadership capacity. Hey, I'm smart, I know stuff. You guys should listen to me. Mm. And the the mistake there is that you believe that leadership is a talent thing, not a calling thing. Huh. Um, and so I, I just I am of the view, and maybe others will disagree with me. Okay. I'm of the view that if I like if a person's not willing to lay themselves down for a body of believers, they should not have a say of what happens to that body of believers. So that's what I mean by earn that. <coughs> Man, you're speaking to me too. I I have a lot of talents in in music and tech and I have definitely walked into situations where it's kind of like, oh, I've done this before, guys. I can fix all your problems. I can- <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know knowing you as I do. Something I would I would say about you. I, I think you have a humility, and, and you've learned to, you know, I've watched you in situations with with, with people where you be like, all right, this is not how I would do. But I'm, I'm going to get behind the people who are doing this, and I'm and I'm going to do whatever I can to support them, which I think is a maturity thing. I have, but I, and exactly. And maturity is something you get from going through it because I did not, (laughs) I have not always been that way Mm. and I still struggle with it. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're preaching to me now too. You've always been preaching. Uh. (laughs) Um, so, okay. So, so that was a whole, I won't call it a tangent. Let's call it a tangent. (laughs) It's fine. But Sorry, it was, guys. But it was born. It was born from the concept of online church yeah. and how it is helpful. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe it's it's for if you physically can't be somewhere and it's for time. Yeah, it's for it's for those unfortunate times you cannot gather in person. Yeah, it's it's better than nothing. It's yeah. not the ideal. Yeah. Hmm. Would you call it a cheap copy? trying to get me in trouble <laughs> you know what I would, I would say it is it's a front door like, okay. like online church if if done right what it should do is if you're locally around that church body i mean i, I get this just the way that we're wired we don't go somewhere before we've checked it out online mm-hmm. so i get that as like all right here's i want to see what i'm getting into before i go there mm-hmm. awesome or hey you know you live abroad but the teaching of that place resonates with you and you you benefit from it Go ahead and listen, but but even then, if you live abroad, that should not sep- or that should not take the place of you being part of a community where you do live. Right. Well, I'm I'm just thinking of, uh, you ever have those? F- it's F 
apostrophe real for real milkshakes from the gas station? No, no. Like I think like it shakes it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had a desire. I remember like, wow, that's, that's a really cool idea. Look at all these different flavors. Mm-hmm. And I, I got one. And it was the most disgusting uh, milkshake I've ever had in my life. Really? You probably say the same thing about any kind of like microwave gas station. Is like, for real our like, sponsor today? Weird, no, they're not okay, our okay, sponsor okay, today. Okay. They're not going to be now. Never, definitely never. Yeah. But like, I have had a real milkshake. Mm-hmm. I have had one made with, with local ice cream, freshly made, and it's incredible there. I love, you know, milkshakes are great, but the gas station is a cheap imitation. And it's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like someone saying, Oh, I hate milkshakes. And I've, they've only ever had the gas station milkshake. Yeah. Well, he, you or, know, I hate hamburgers, but I've only ever had a McDonald's kids meal. Hey man, but you know what you say that Let, let's, let's just apply that a little bit further. Okay. Let's talk about church hurt. How many people have been like, I can't be part of a church because I've only seen Christians be hypocrites. I've only seen this. I've only seen that. And what, and what I would just, my friend, I, w- I would want to um, encourage you with is, yeah, you know what? Christians, they're, they're a third of the planet, and there are going to be some bad eggs in there. <laughs> and, and, and because we're all broken people who get it wrong at points and sin against each other, uh, drop the ball. Not, not, hopefully not the norm, but it, it happens. Um, I can see why that might dictate your experience. You say, yeah, listen, I'm going to put up my walls because I never want to be hurt again. Mm. Um, and I would tell you that first of all, that's not realistic. Um, but secondly, okay. Yeah. That bad thing may have happened, but I'll tell you what, having been a pastor now, 14 coming up on 15 years, um, I've never seen more selflessness among people. I've never seen people, um, who astound me in their love and care and compassion for others. Like I've seen the best of humanity in the church. Um, have I seen the worst at points? But they, but they don't, they don't, they're not the norm. And I would tell you, like, you have the potential for um, such love and growth. And so don't judge the true milkshake by the gas station milkshake. Like, there might be bad out there, but there's also such good if you're willing to, to step out and go for it. Mm. Every great show has a bad episode. Yeah. <laughs> Except for this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Is church just for my benefit or is it for others? Like, is me coming just, just going to help me? Is it just for your benefit or for others? Yes. <laughs> so you think about, I mean, there's a story um, in John, I think it's for Jesus and the woman at the well, right? Where meets a Samaritan woman and she, he tells her her life, right? And she leaves and she just, she leaves knowing God loves her, mm-hmm. right? And then she goes and she tells other people, like, you got to come meet this guy who told me everything I ever did. And after that conversation is done, Jesus' disciples come up because they weren't around for it. And uh, they're like, hey, like, you want to get some food? And he goes, I've had food that you know nothing about, right? Mm-hmm. And his point is, like, he's been fed by what he did, okay? And so, you know, like, is being part of a church for me or for others? The answer is yes. As As you serve, as you learn to love them more as you're there for them. Um, you're fed by that. Mm-hmm. And there can be times where you know, you need people to be there for you. And, and hopefully um, you, you get that experience there where they are. Now, I, again, I, I'm just having done this as long as I have. Sometimes 
folks, they don't have the right expectations with that. And they, you know, sort of, you know, if you didn't call me on my birthday, um, it means you don't love me. Or if you didn't, um, you know, shovel my lawn, even though you didn't know it was snowing, you you know, Um, (laughs) and and I would say like, give some grace. The truth is, you know, all of us are going to have needs that won't be met um, by human beings because just people can't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But you will be astounded by how much they are able to care for you. If you'll take the expectation of and demand off of them. Like, know, I, I, I'm, I just said like, I'm not friends with anybody going, you're only my friend if you're there for me in this way. But, but the friends that I have as the longer that we know each other and care for each other, I'm, I'm floored by how much they care for me and my family. Yeah. What's kind of neat is you, you said, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's for you. Sometimes you get to be there for them. Like, something we could easily miss in talking about that is that there are people who aren't perfect at church Yep. and we need each other and you don't have to go to church as a perfect person. Darn right. Yeah. In fact, odds are good. You're going to need to lean on your church for when your life isn't going well. Yep. And I, <clears throat> I have been there and I have been the person where uh, I was volunteering all the time and I was, I was very involved and just helping and and doing what I can. Mm -hmm. And then I've had seasons where it's just like, I guys, I've got nothing and have had to lean on those people and say, I need you to help me because I can't, I can't carry this on my own. Yeah. And both are okay. Yeah. I like Paul has this thing. He says in Colossians three, this is a, this is a a bit (laughs) I'm getting congested, sorry. This is a command to uh, a church. And he says, Colossians 3.13, he says, bear with each other uh, and forgive each other. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Again, in Ephesians uh, 4.2, to a church, he says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Um, Give me one second. I want to cut that pause. Okay, again, Galatians 6.2, written to a church, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Mm. Um, and so there is this, you know, we're here for each other. We, we care for each other. There are going to be times where I don't care enough. There are going to be times you don't care enough, but you know what? We forgive it and we move on. Um, and that, I think that's beautiful. And that's the other, by the something that maybe... Um, we should just mention, like, the reason why, back to the full scope of this episode, why do Christians go to church? The answer is because Jesus invented it. Like, <laughs> he, like Jesus, he commanded it. He came up with it. Um, he, It's his heart for us as believers. Like, there's, you know, at the end of the Gospel of John, the, the there's a large chunk of the Gospel that's, like, the story is only found in the Gospel of John. It's not in the other ones. Uh, which focuses on Jesus at the Last Supper, like his prayer with the disciples, his final teachings and all that stuff, right? And in John 17, there's a moment where he prays for not just his disciples who are there, but future ones who mm. would be Christians as a result of the message. It's, 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 I love the passage because it's like Jesus essentially breaks the fourth wall of the gospel and he <laughs> turns to you, the reader. Oh, that's fun. And prays for you. And this is what his prayer is for you and for me. This is in John 17, verse 20. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. 
I pray also for those who will believe me in me through their message. Okay, so what's he going to pray? Of all the things that Jesus could pray for you and for me, is he going to pray for health? Is he going to pray for wealth? Is he going to pray for good theology? Is he going to you know, pray for, I don't know, success or whatever? No, this is what he prays. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you and, you're in me and I'm in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you've sent me. Okay? I have given them the glory that you gave me that you may, or I'm sorry, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Okay, so it's prayers for us to be one. And then he gives the why. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you've loved me. Meaning the unity of the church, the way that we love each other, glorifies the gospel and shows that Jesus is who he said that he was. Mm. That's incredible. And so when we talk about like, like you know, like why, why uh, do Christians go to church? Because it's what our Lord taught us to do. Yeah. Like there's another passage, it's in uh, Matthew 16, where Jesus is um, asking people, like, you know, who, who do the people think that I am, right? And Peter goes, oh, you're the Christ, you're the son of God. And, and Jesus goes, you, you, Peter, you, you didn't get that on your own. My father revealed that to you. And he goes, I tell you, you're Peter. And he says, and on this rock, because the word Peter, the name Peter means rock, I will build my church. Okay, and, that, and, and the word church there, it's that Greek word that I mentioned earlier, ecclesia, gathering of people. And I think it's important to realize that Jesus calls it his church. Hmm. Okay, like, you know, the, the, the church belongs to Jesus. And is it perfect? No, because Jesus loves sinners. And I, would, and I would expect nothing less from his overflowing heart towards you and to me. And the great part about being part of a body, our body of believers is we get to use our gifts to serve. We get to use our gifts to bless. We get to use our time, our talents, our, our energy to further the gospel in a way that if it's just me, I can't do. But if we're rallying, if we're locking arms and going forward together, we can make so much more of an impact for the world. That's why the Church of Jesus is the single largest giver of humanitarian aid on the planet. Um, because we're able, and why? Because, okay, that, that through their unity, the world would believe that you sent me. There it is. Like when we lock arms, look at the world's just stopping. Like, man, who does that? And the answer is the people of Jesus who is glorified. Like you and I together in this, the world is made better through it. So I benefit, you benefit, and the world has changed. That's why Christians are part of churches. Mm. And, and I would just point out, by the way, in everything that I just said, notice I did not mention preaching style or worship style. Huh. or how many programs they have, or anything like that. Those are preference issues. They can be good ways to serve and be served, but none of them are why Christians are part of a church or not. All of it comes down to Christ and what he set up for us. That's awesome. That's a really great detail to add in. All right. So we should all go to church this Sunday. Not just go to be the church. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have a church that you call home, or you know maybe... Maybe you stopped going to church at one point and you just haven't decided you want to go back, but maybe you want to give it a shot after listening to this today. I highly encourage it. Please, please go. Yeah. Because we all need it. That's how we grow is together. And if you don't have a church or maybe you're looking for one, I would recommend uh, one, ask another Christian in your life. If there's somebody you work with, you know they go to church, we're supposed to do this together. So if you can make that connection right off the bat and know somebody, 
say, Hey, I know you go to church. Where do you go to church? Can I go with you on Sunday? Um, but two, we've got a resource on our website at wearethebridge.org. It's our online church directory. If you're in the, the Delmarva, South Jersey area, uh, that's Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, New Jersey, uh, we have a directory of churches that uh, the bridge has partnered with. And so we invite you to check that out. Um, or if you live in the Lewis area, Solid Ground Church, Bert could be your pastor. I'd love to meet you. <laughs> But he already he already said in this episode that he doesn't he won't he he might not know your name. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. That was okay. that there was been, a low blow. No, you know what's funny though? There are people in my church who don't know my name. I've had that happen where people <gasps> have called me Bart before or Bruce. That's, that's my dad's name. Yeah, that's okay. That's incredible. That's okay. Incredible. Yeah, it's all right. Or they or, or they they e- <laughs> they email me and they spell my name wrong. That's like, hey man, that's not what it's about, you know. I have that same, I have a very similar awkward thing that happens where people will be like, oh, Mark, how's things going at the station? Good. Good. What time are you on again? It's like, oh, oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you definitely do not listen. <laughs> and, that, and, and, that's, and, and that's okay though, right? Because that's not what, it, like, you know, my personal validation is not what this is about. Yeah. 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 Neither is mine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't say that it was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, if you have questions for future episodes of the podcast, or if we raised a question, then you're just like, huh? What? I, I don't get that. Uh, we'd love to help out. Just reach out. Podcast at wearethebridge.org is the email address. Podcast at wearethebridge.org. And uh, maybe in the subject line, just throw uh, why to Christians, because a couple different podcasts here at the on the network use that email. But we're so glad that you tuned in and go to church this Sunday. 